And there it is. <laughs> episode six? Are we really on episode six of the Degenerate 75 Talks Golf with Smart People? I believe we are. I have had some pretty incredible guests. No one. I mean, no one would contend that I have had five really smart people on. And I have been super excited to have all those guests on. But today is the most excited I've been to have a guest. Um, and I, you know, you probably won't ever hear me say this again because I'd be lying. Because this is a dude that I have been following in this industry for at least five years now. Uh, we have so much in common. And believe it or not, this is the first time we've ever even spoken in person today. Uh, and so uh, it, it, it seems kind of special. So I'll try to not gush too much and just talk to him like he's my boy. And uh, hopefully you guys get some uh, great insider uh, information from one of the best in the entire industry. His name is Toe Tag and Tambo. How you doing tonight, brother? I'm doing good, brother. I'm excited to be on here. I've been watching your stuff. I actually first picked up on you when you did the, I think it was the podcast with Andy, the, the Inside Golf podcast. You hopped on there and, uh, you know, just liked sort of the, the cut of your jib, if you will. And we <laughs> started going from there. So it's funny, like you said, we haven't met till today, but definitely was looking forward to this. I know we tried to work it out for a little bit here. Happy to be on, man. Appreciate it. You can you can always trust a man that says I like the cut of your jib. That's that's the highest sign of character a person can have. So uh, I I, I hate to date these because some people will listen to this like six months in the future and they'll be like, why the fuck are we all talking about this? But right now my dude Gavin is setting second in the big millionaire maker, and if Scheffler can find a couple birdies coming home or Scott Stallings can find a double bogey. We're going to have a million-dollar winner with the old uh, showdown hoedown symbol. So if you hear me, like, freak out in the middle of the episode, it's because I got it on over here to the side, and you're just going to fucking deal with it. That's what's going to happen, okay? Uh, this, is, this is the price that you have to pay to listen to my pod with a great guest is me being excited for my dude, Gavin. So yeah. here we go. Let's get going. Uh, how is, uh, first of all, you having any, right now, this is the week of, what the hell are they at, the BMW? Do you have anything cooking yeah. this week? Not, nothing this week. I did uh, have something cooking on, on Thursday, but this just goes to show, as you well know, as probably to your listeners, that no-cut events are never over on a Thursday. They don't, they're barely getting started. So uh, it was a really great Thursday for me. Not a run out here. We'll see maybe get 50% back, something like that. It looks like not – maybe less, actually. We'll have to wait and see how it shakes out. Scheffler, a little bit popular for me this week, so I didn't go there. He's creeping up the board, and sort of the rest of the guy. Last week was it was a great week, so I'll take it. And a lot of what I was in for this week was sort of tickets and seats that I've won along the way, so I don't but, mind it as much when that's the case. But Tambo, I've heard on Twitter that 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 guys like you and I we never lose at DFS. So how could you only get fifty percent of your money back? I thought you won like three million dollars every week, and you fucking had a house in the Hamptons. <laughs> Tambo, too rich. That's yeah. the uh, the public opinions in some case. Yes, it's not true though. There's it's definitely a grind. I think probably more than people know. I know the screenshots come out, so that's one factor of it. But at the same time, you got to think just so every week. You, you can't win every week, and you shouldn't be playing. I mean, we're playing to win every week. I'll say it like that air quotes. But at the same time, uh, you know, when people like I think you've talked about this in the past, message you and are like, oh, four weeks in a row, time to pack it in. I'm like, oh, that's a that's a good team. That's a good run right yeah. now. I'd love that. And then get a win on the fifth week. Guaranteed. Please sign me up for that. But definitely not the case, my friend. Do you ever have like goals? Like, do you have a goal that you want to hit like three big ones a year or whatever the number is? Like my goal is I just try to hit two big ones a year, you know, and I, I call them singles, doubles, and I try to hit two home runs a year. That's my little thing. That's what I've been doing for five years. That's what I found works for me and is realistic. Do you have yeah. like a, do you go into it with a strategy like that? Or do you just kind of whatever, let's just see how it plays out. I mean, yeah, no, you, you hit some grand slams to me when it gets to six figures, that's not a home run. That's a fucking grand slam. And I, I know you've definitely put some of those out there. So maybe you have a different vocabulary than me. No, it's a, I mean, very, very good question. I think it's very similar for me. I definitely set goals. I think if you're not set again, when you're this deep into it, like I am, as far as my obsession for it and trying to just absolutely destroy crush, get to the top, like I want to win the full seven figure score. I make it a goal, even though I know it's sort of like the big goal. But I, I do put it down for like six figure scores. I have a, a notepad in my phone. I know they can't see it, but like I, I check it off. And then usually every month I, I check in on my goals and just go through it for, you know, different things. And hopefully I get a bunch of green checks besides the thing, like, you know, win a GPP of 5,000 people outright, 10,000 people outright, um, qualify for the fantasy golf world championship live final, put that in there. The King of the beach live final, the fantasy football world championship. Haven't got to that one yet. So I do reset them every year. I do pop them in positive ROI, just sort, sort of different ones that you can track and put throughout the year that you can definitely stay on top of. But if you're not doing that yet, I mean, you're just probably not striving towards the, the same thing others are, I'd imagine. So that's how I do it. That's how I stay organized and it helps me on task for the year. How many live finals have you been to? I've been to one. It was the greatest experience of my life. And now I need to, re I've realized I need to go to more. I assume you've been to more than one. Uh -huh. 
I think I think four or five total, and then like two others as proxy, or like I like last week was just I was actually in the fantasy golf why, world. Why did you go last week? You just already had bought the ticket. You're like, fuck it, I'm going. Yeah, well, it's not even that. I didn't. I definitely didn't do that. Like I, I try and be more humble than that. At least I, bu- I didn't buy the ticket like saying like I'm making it to the finals. So no matter what I'm going, it's actually a funny story, right quick. But the Canadians, I say this, being Canadian, we I feel like I always get the short end of the stick on the DraftKings experiences. Like all my friends that play higher volume are going to MMA events. They're going to baseball games and boxes and suites and hockey games, all these different factors. There's nothing like that in Canada. So my VIP rep was like few, like a couple months ago before I actually even ended up getting my first seat to it. Why don't you come down to Memphis no matter what? And if you qualify for it, we'll work on something else. We'll do we'll do a different experience. I was like, that's pretty that's pretty cool. That's a good idea. Actually, I'll go down there. Hopefully, I get in and qualify myself. If not, at least I'm down there with guys that play fantasy golf full time. You know, they're involved in it heavily enough to win a seat to this and qualify. So I thought that was a good idea. And it ended up being a great idea watching Willie Z win live. Had a big week down there last week. But I definitely called was your, not you called your shot like round. a champion. You called your shot like a, a team. I did, I did the same thing with Tom Kim two weeks ago. I'll never do it again. I'm I'm 100 percent. Just yeah. walk off into the sun. You're 100 percent on Willie Z. Never never tout him again. And you can say you've never been wrong on Willie Z. That's right. That was what I was trying to do. And it was funny because it started as sort of a joke in the sense that there were, the other stuff I'd all said was true about uh, the number and like not wanting to bet him at that number. And it just worked out. Luckily, obviously, the guy is extremely talented. We could have won at any of those times and it would have you know, dunked on me back then. But being that I was going down there, I said, of course, this dude is going to go down there at a bigger number in a tougher field and somehow pull this thing off magically. And I kept calling it destiny, saying it was down there. So, you know, you get the drinks in you on the they had a, a suite on the 16th mm. hole getting all the drinks and I'm like yelling at Willie Z like it's your destiny man you'll remember me on Sunday I'm going to be telling you this is obnoxious and having fun with it and then sure enough Sunday if you saw my my tweets on Twitter I was right there live as he's putting for the win and stuff and I'm yelling out to him again about I'm like remember me I told you that was your destiny and now you shift it and he's like crying and and hugging his girlfriend like he doesn't give a shit about this kid yelling at him but it was fun hey in your defense at least you were drunk when you were doing that when i was on that when i was in that tent and i saw uh, a gooch walking by i was throwing up the pistols firing gooch i need a birdie and i was fucking sober (laughs) as shit i was just that excited i was i was high on chasing a million bucks that's all i needed some guys Uh, like it some hate it that's the funny part about it like certain guys just like they're not having it other guys have some fun with it. So, someone said to Sung Jay, they were like, I, I love you, Sung Jay. He was like, Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and he waved at him. I, and then someone else was like, like, Say heck. And he was like, No, I ain't doing that. But I've noticed the best way, the best way to get acknowledged by him is to go with the alma mater. If you th- if you say a boomer sooner at Abraham Answer or go pokes at Gooch or you know Bulldogs to whoever Henley or somebody like that, that's yeah. the best way to get them to respond. They, I don't know, may- maybe it gives yeah. a, like a, you a, like it separates you from all the thousands of voices they hear and around. Um, yeah, you're there. It's engraved in their mind too. Like that's just all you, know. you live when you go there. So of course they're gonna at least react to it or respond for sure. Hey, of those 27 guys that qualified for the live final this year, the Fantasy Golf World Championship, do you know how many were there? Because I was disappointed at how few actually showed up to the live final the year I was there. It was actually very similar this year. Uh, You know, I think, don't remember exactly all the names or whatever, but I think there was at least five or six guys missing in some of the bigger names for valid reasons a lot Mm -hmm. that they had, like the the, the guys talked to us about it, but it was a a have Wait, are you telling me people have lives outside of Fantasy Golf? Because I don't don't get them. I don't get those people. What's going on here? So somehow they do, yes. And I think some of them also have more live finals lined up that might be, uh, you know, a little bit more, um, you know, in the more of their time frame they can get to. It's the end of the summer, things are rounded out, stuff like that. But it's still a really good crew. We had a good time. It was in Memphis. So, you know, good barbecue, go down there, have it. It was, it was underwhelming to me. I will say that. I've been honest about it at least. But it was a, you know, fun, fun time at the event. Just an incredible event and incredible crew. To be. So I had fun. Uh, so, all right. I, I always bury the lead. I always want to start the show with this question. I always fucking forget. Are you good at actual golf, like lining up and hitting a ball and putting it in the hole 400 yards away? I'm absolutely horrible, actually. So, uh, you know, first off, the Canadian factor comes up again. You only get so much time to do it. Um, mm-hmm. And for myself, you talked earlier about people that actually have a life outside of it. Yeah, family life also gets in the way. I got a two-year-old and a five-year-old. So, again, now that they're at that age, maybe I can get after it a little bit more. But my wife is already so supportive and helpful that I can't put everything on her. And she already lets me do all this other stuff, sense of freeze me up. We've got a good schedule. We're organized. I can work on all these things, do my content, 
and play DFS. So it's tough to then be like, also, I want to go golf. And even for me, I want to stay focused on the things that I focused on. So it's just, I don't get out very often. And when I do get out, I can break a hundred. It's uh, someone, I was talking with someone about this the other day. It's, you know, you, you go out with other people that shoot 75 and 80 and feel an absolute loser shooting a 92 or whatever, a 94. Right. But it's like you go out with other people that don't, you know, play as much as I do or don't play very often. They'll shoot like 110, 115. So uh, it sounds crazy to people listening that play a lot of golf, but that exists still in this world. People that absolutely But you enjoy being out on the course? Like you like Love to go it. out there and hit the yeah, ball around? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I think it's, it's a good time and it's the most relaxing. Like you can just get out there, have a few beers, have the hot dog at the turn, chill with everybody, just get away and just, you know, hitting some cool shots. That's what it's really yeah. all about. You, you know, you're not, just, when you're not good. That's kind of the good part in just, it, at least, is, is as competitive as I am. I haven't, I didn't start playing until like four years ago. So that's where, you know, I'm in my 30s when I started playing. Like, that's just right. to give you an idea. So I uh, didn't play it as a kid at all, nothing, but I was really good. I love mini golf. And right. so, so you're the an same assassin class. on the greens? You're the Denny McCarthy? Uh, that's a classic excuse. My, my guy, Big T, says this anyone who sucks at golf tells you, I'm horrible, but I'm really good at putting. And right. that is true. Everyone that sucks at golf does say that, but it is something that's way easier. To in, in like in overview of being able to putt versus hit a driver off the tee or hit that cut shot out of the woods onto the green like that that's obviously putting is still hard where it's come in etc but hitting the ball in general is already hard out of these certain spots that you're in so feels like it's the one good thing that I do out on the course yeah you just can't beat a good round on the course like once I yeah. once I stopped trying to make anything of it and just enjoyed it for what it is it's the best and all it takes is you just got to flush one seven iron and you know stick it close and by stick it close I mean on the green within you know 100 yeah. feet and you feel like you're awesome that's good enough for me good enough for me crazy story actually this one too is that the I actually broke 90 before I broke 100 that's the craziest thing ever. And I've only done it once. And, I, and I'm, if you know me and like people that I was with know this, I, I had so many 101s and 100s before I broke it. Like you're only cheating yourself by trying to say you broke 100. So stop doing that. Mm. Play real game and take every stroke that you do and break, you'll break it. And the one day that I just went off, I ended up shooting an 88. And it was like on hole 18, my buddy's, my buddy's dad is like, do you want me to tell you what you're at? I'm like, I know I'm at something good. Don't say it. Right. And I ended up going up and I actually bogeyed that hole and still made the 88. So I was on pace for an 87 with a par, at least I thought, which is what I expected. I but wish, I wish somebody would, game. I wish somebody would go whisper in Scott Stallings ears right now that, Hey, you're winning right now. No pressure. Big guy. You're on the 17th well, tee. You're going to win this big guy. It's all you. And just Can't watch his Scott ass melt down. Now and Scheffler's got a birdie putt. So we, we got mm -hmm. a chance here. Yeah, I, I'm more live than it was looking uh, 15 minutes ago. The the luck of Tambo was coming over to the big guy over here. Pretty excited. We need it. We need it. So, um, hey, this is uh, so my dude Gavin is sweating this millionaire maker. Do you have any millionaire maker heart like like heartbreak stories where like you should have wanted if some guy didn't whatever? My, yeah, my, I've got uh, a lot of top 20s in it, but I, my best finish ever is a third, and it was an NFL, and there was a real chance this years ago. Doubt with data, but you can go back to it. Like it was a um, Seattle Seahawks game when it was Russell Wilson and um, Jimmy Graham mm -hmm. and he threw it up to Jimmy Graham and dropped one that was worth uh, so it was a it was a million 100,000 40,000 was the breakdown oh, so of the top gross. three spots which is already horrible but that's what we signed up for it was the normal $20 or whatever and it sort of crept its way up they got a touchdown earlier in the game and it, the last sort of set of the game where we got the ball back which was at least a chance it's good for me because everyone had uh, Jimmy Graham, but they didn't have him with Wilson in the spot. He was a cheap tight end that week. I had him stacked. It was the way it worked out. That was at the top of the leaderboard. Jimmy Graham dropped like a 12-yard pass, which was 1.2. That would have got me to 100,000. But then we got to throw up the the bomb. We got to throw up the hail air, which is like, ah, at least I got a shot. He is the biggest dude out there. Like maybe it goes to him, but this was the tricky part. I just named the top three prizes. Fourth prize was 25,000. So what happens? Russell gets it up. It's it up in the air. It goes to Jimmy Graham. It goes through his hands for the million bucks, but then it goes to an interception, which is going to affect my quarterback and drop me 15,000. As he's dropping to the ground, he drops the ball and bobbles it. And then I'm like, eh, I'll take 40,000. As disappointing as it was, and as much as my heart was in my throat for the million, it was uh, a much better feeling to get the 40 when it kind of went from a million to 25 to 40 it was like a small win but that was my closest to actually winning the million for sure man 
I, 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 there's, there's not many sweats. Actually, there are really no sweats, like a yeah. millionaire maker sweat, because like that's essentially the biggest you ever see in our industry. And they're so hard to get. That's yeah. the other thing. Like yeah. any, any time you even get close, like on a, in golf, been there on like a Saturday or something, yeah. like know you're in the mix, but then it just doesn't end up because it's just so much stuff, so much variance, so much going on on a Sunday that it makes it a little bit tougher to, you know, sort of expect it down the stretch. But a lot of close calls on PGA as well, even when it was the, you know, four times a year only, like it used to be strictly that couple top 20s in the same season, like just, you know, and they didn't have mega millies back then, the hundred would be the highest dollar buy-in. So, so your try, biggest, try with what you will. Your biggest sweat is the millionaire maker, and which which was in football, which leads to like a question I want to ask. Because my perception of you is like golf is your best DFS sport, but that's me projecting. I don't know that. So two questions. Like like what is what happens to your DFS golf playing when football season gets here? And like is golf still like your is it your best sport or am I just fucking projecting? Yeah, they're actually both pretty even. You go to look it up. But, uh, you know, I, I actually enjoy NFL more, surprisingly. As much as I love watching golf and I spend hours on it, I track it 24-7. All, there's nothing like the Sunday experience of sitting there with multiple TVs, with games on them, the main TV with the red zone on it, Scott Hansen, just going through from a fantasy perspective, doing the late swap, editing your lives, digging into them to actually find out where you're at at the halfway point. Like, I, I love the golf sweat, too, because I'll say there's – three or four sweats so everyone to put it. there's like the the late withdraw sweat you get right out of the gate you get the, the cut sweat on friday and then hopefully a real sweat on sunday but that's not always the case so sometimes weekends are, are pretty tough that way but for football just anything can happen going into the slate it's just so much fun it plays out throughout the day you have afternoon slates like i, I definitely um enjoy it quite a bit and i've done very well with it like last season was bet my best by far it's been uh you know a good run but i've been doing it like i've got I, I, I got third in King of the Beach back in 2017, full circle. Again, it didn't get to the top. Bridesmaid at the beach. But last year, I got second in that same live final, in that same tournament for 150000 So definitely stay focused. My goal, like I said, ultimately is to get that Millie score. If it happens in football, great. If it's, I don't care where it happens. Obviously, it's money's money. But, uh, you know, I play also to get the W. Like, I, I want to win. I want to get those trophies. I want to get to the top. I love doing it. So um, when they both happen, I definitely – focus less usually it's swing season and being into that I, w I wish pga would take a break i know we were supposed to talk some golf here too that's kind of a another topic i'm seeing today like they come up with more exhibition events and all these things that the the private group went and chatted about i really just wish they would take a break and make pga players show up together more often if you can or or they should all see it from that angle like wouldn't it be better for the golf fan and we can still make a bunch of money if we all play together. So may maybe that's how they're thinking of it, but I would love to see that more. I'm not sure what you think on that. Next week sucks. <laughs> the, th yeah. the players championship with 30 players. Like I enjoy that. There's going to be some game theory, but if DraftKings didn't put out that crazy wonky pricing to reflect the starting positions and there was some edge to it, I legit wouldn't play. I mean, I would do right. content for it, but it, it's, it's stupid. I don't want to watch 30 guys. I mean, first of all, how many, how unique can you be with your lineups without leaving $2,500 on the table? It's just like everything's out of it. So outside of like playing some mathematical edge on the salaries, the starting salaries of guys next week versus how many starting points they're getting, it fucking sucks. I don't want to watch it. I don't care. It's going to be horrific coverage. You know, I, 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 yeah. I hate it. I hate it. There's, there's, there's too much DFS, golf. Like you said, DFS perspective, I should say, at least you get something you can attack it with, but it's not enjoyable to me still. Like, I, I'll do it because I think there's definitely – it's like a not quite as good as like a match play scenario or those mm -hmm. of us can get an edge that way, but there's still something to it with the staggered start and the starting points and maybe – kind of like a round four-esque, which is your bread and butter. So I think of it from that perspective where you can find that angle, but I'm, I'm talking more on golf fan perspective. It, to me, quoting the kids, it ain't it. Like that, that ain't it. It's just not. I don't love this format. I honestly don't even love this format. Like it's nothing to DFS aside, how amazing last weekend was and everything. It's just, it's not, it doesn't really do it for me. I wish they could come up with something better than this i just don't know exactly what that would be so i can't really if i that if i didn't have lineup sweats right now i wouldn't be watching this thing for anything i could think of seven other things i'd rather be watching i got like 10 things on my dvr i'd rather watch than this live golf if i didn't have money riding on it and, um, and you know i texted you early today and, and that's why i once sweat up for me i didn't know yeah. you you had sort of one with your guy going on there but i was like no rush i was like but if you want to do this earlier i could you know why because i actually don't care that much i love golf it's fun i'll still have it on in the background but i'm not I'm not getting the ultimate sweat from it. I really have nothing that's going to change my life 
down the stretch here so I could just move on and do something else. Jesus. Sorry, I'm watching Scott Stallings. Excuse me, Tiger Woods here because he just he yeah. just he just fairways greens, fairways greens, fairway. Motherfucker. I figured you were. I just fuck saw off, Stallings. Jesus, I'm trying. My dude, Kevin. All I need Stallings to do is to find a bogey and for Scheffler to find a birdie, and my dude's a million dollars richer. <laughs> we really want the Scheffler birdie on 18. Yeah, here, definitely. I'm, I'm really glad he made that par putt. That did not. That was that was a knee knocker par putt on 17. Um, yeah. Hey, uh, okay. I, I always see that sign every time I'm watching it. It's a, a, over your uh, what is that? Your left shoulder there, where it says nobody cares, work harder. Like, yeah. I mean, first of all, I mean, I'm pretty sure I know what that means, and uh, like, I, I, I think most people get it. But like. It seems like you really take on that mantra. Like, do you want to like, like, does that apply to your DFS at all, or is that just like a general life thing? Um, and like, yeah. where did that come from? I just, I love it. I love it. It's definitely both. I think it's you know, for me, one thing is it's, it's people complaining, right? That's what I have a problem with that. Like, it's not hey, people not never complain at DFS. No one has ever no, complained just, at DFS. It doesn't help. Like everyone just, it just doesn't help. And I, again, not saying I've never been guilty of some life. Of course, I have. I complain about shit. Sweats piss me off. Things happen that annoy you. But I'm just saying, if you go on and just complain about it on Twitter and bitch and moan in the Discord and go on and on about it, like it doesn't change nothing. You can't change the event. Go back to the lab. Figure it out. Keep putting yourselves in those positions, and that's how these big wins will happen. Or in life, it's the same thing. It's like you don't always get the job. If two people apply for a job and only, there's one job, guess what? Someone's going to get it, and someone isn't going to get it. But that may be good for you. Maybe it's the next week where you find a different job opportunity that ends up being life-changing, and you meet somebody there. Let's say like a, a younger person that's coming up in the world, like that. Maybe then you meet your significant other there that ends up being the person you have your kids with. All like there's just there's always another door that can open. And so that's where it comes from for me is like, don't sitting back, complain about it, bitching about it, all that does nothing. When you could just work at the next thing, go find the next job, go find the next slate, whatever it is, however you want to relate it. I definitely apply it to both DFS and life. And I love it. I think it's a great saying. It's how I sort of teach my children in a way, certain things. I try and get them on board with knowing that it's not all going to be hand, you know, it's not, nothing's going to be spoon fed. You, you mean, even you, you talk about it with sort of helping people out and the Patreon, things like that. You're not giving the exact picks. All the time. And I do that. Like, that's where I think some things get misconstrued a little bit. But like, I, I ha you know, I give picks for sure. Tout, whatever you want to call it and, and give out picks. But I definitely and I'm sure you know, if you watch, I do a lot of free stuff as well. Uh, a lot of free shows. And on there, I'm always talking from the strategy, the game theory, what others are doing and what we can do instead, like trying to help people see it as the game more than just play these guys. You know, I started lately that I, 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 you know, I don't even know where I got it from, but I kept I keep using it. I'm going to maybe get it on a t-shirt or something. But I said, you know, it's not who you play. It's how you play. I'm going back to DFS for a second. And that's the, the, the part is, and you probably get these two. Everyone's always asking, do I play this guy or this guy? We, we do this all the time. Are these two guys or these two guys? And it's like, it doesn't even, it matters what everything else, what else are you doing? What else is going on in the lineup? What tournament are you in? What's the buy-in, the stakes? All these things matter a lot more. It's a game that you're playing and not, a, you know, a player or a pick. I'm mad that I can't remember who said this, but one of my favorite things of all time is uh, I find the harder I work, the luckier I get, um, which, you know, is a lot like uh, you're saying there. And it's like, you know, so many people um, say, ah, oh, you know, like I, I, I'm so unlucky. But like, you know, like if you would just like put yourself in the right spot enough times, like water always finds its balance and you'll find that you your guy makes that putt uh, just as much as he misses it if you're there enough. And uh, it's I not, it's not some quote. magical, magical, like the world being against you, like everybody thinks. Well, you can't get lucky if you're not putting yourself into the position to get lucky. The only way to do it is to continue through. That's why, like we talked earlier, when someone says after four weeks, so like, oh, I lost for four weeks, probably not the sport for me or time to pack it in. It's like, well, you're never, you if you don't play week five, because you already lost four, not saying you'll get it back in week five, but if you don't put the effort in and then get back after it, you can't. And, and that quote, by the way, I don't think it was originally Gary Player, but Gary is definitely on the, the board of that quote somewhere. And yeah. the reason that sounds I went like a away Gary Player that, quote. Yeah, I had to go away from it some because you, you you joke about it, but like I try and be the nice guy. And when I realized someone said it's actually more like hard cheat, the luckier you get. They were talking about Gary Player and some situational stuff. Nothing against the guy. Just I said, okay, maybe that's not the best one to to get behind. And and I love the nobody cares work harder. So uh, I just try and preach that to everybody. You know, you gotta gotta put the time in if you want to be good at this stuff. You can't we just 
expect to wake up and crush. We keep referencing these like pe- the the people that are getting discouraged when they have you know dry patches, and when you're playing exclusively GPPs, like you're gonna have a lot of dry patches. And you know, for me, I always tell people it took me two to two and a half years to uh, perfect my process and get to where I could be a year over year winner, and that's a very long time. That's a lot of trial and error. How long did it take you before you were like consistently a winning player over the long run? Like, you know, year over year winner. Did you know, was it yeah. something you just picked up on quickly? You found a process quickly or like, how did it work for you? No, I don't have that story. I love that. Somehow everyone has this story where they like just deposited once and never looked back. I'm like, that is bullshit. I don't care. Like some maybe, but how much did you deposit then? If you yeah. deposited okay and never looked back, then maybe you had your little swings and then finally you made it pop off. But people act like you put 50 bucks on, you just start going from there and crushing. It's just not the case. So uh, it took me probably like eight months before a big win. I lost about five, $6,000 out of the gate, like slowly, slow bleeding. I wasn't going crazy with, it. I never chase or anything, but I would put, you know, 50 to a hundred bucks in at a time. And you win some nights, a hundred so the next night you're in. Like I never got any big wins. My first big win was actually an NBA $25 buy-in and it was called the slam. And I won it for 25,000. I definitely gave back 15 of that pretty quick. And then it was at that time that I was like, that was my story of like, I think again, how much bankroll did you have? And of course the 10 just didn't turn into a bunch overnight. But then I was like, okay, at this point with 10 hours left, I have to treat this like a bankroll and play it properly. So uh, probably another year after that of like ups and downs. So about year and eight months, I would say two years, kind of to your point of before it actually started to really click and then playing multiple sports and digging in through all that, it was, it started to go pretty well overall. Like that's why I see it as more like a DFS player than, as much as I do with golf, it's still, I, I play, I played all the sports at other sports as well. So I think what were that, you, you know, what were you doing before you uh, were doing DFS? Like you said, like, I mean, if you were doing five or $6,000 down in those first few months, you clearly had a career before this where you had some money, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. I was definitely, I, I actually worked. So uh, I worked in sales for a long time. I worked at the Canadian equivalent of Best Buy. It was known as future shop and it was owned by Best Buy. It was Best Buy Canada owned them. And I worked there for about 10 years. I worked up from sales to sales management to general manager. And then what happened was Best Buy bought out Future Shop and said, why would we have two brands running the same thing? We'll just be Best Buy in Canada. And I got I got carried over, but there was a buyout option, which I took because I was a general manager. So I was like, I, I know you have to cut some. They didn't expect me to do it. They wanted to pay a younger general manager less money mm-hmm. as they wanted to do. But the offer was really good. So I was like, I'll, I'll take it. It was 10 months that I could be off work for, or if I went back to work somewhere else, the, the bonus of 10 month money would get split in two. So you took so your, you went, took your severance money from essentially what was best buy for us Americans and launched a DFS career. Not, not quite. No, okay. say, a that's story. a fucking story. I'd read that. that would book. be a better story. There was definitely that, that money was nice. And at the time, that's what I did. Like, you know, I, but it's at the same time, I wasn't winning, enough back then to be able just to do it full time. I wasn't doing any content at all. Like that. So uh, I actually went and worked in the auto industry. I got a job as a sales manager at a car dealership. And then I worked as a finance manager there. I worked in outside sales. So I did another three years of doing that. And I think, I mean, others have talked about this for sure, but my bosses would not have liked to see what I would like. When you're a finance manager, you sit in the office waiting for someone to sell a vehicle and you've got two computer screens. Already. It's like my setup right now for DFS. So what do you think I'm doing? I've got the sites up over here. I've got the DraftKings up over here. I'm doing something. I got a podcast on my phone on the desk. Doors shut like I'm working. And then, you know, the boss comes in or whatever. You just pause it all up right quick and you're good to go. It's like you were doing nothing wrong. So um, definitely working through all of that and working around the clock. Right. So it was always busy. But then, you know, as I was making good money at that, I was putting and my bankroll was building at that time. So the money was going back in and, you know, had some bigger hits back then, too. So. Got all right. So I always talk about this and like I feel like I'm pretty plugged into the community and have a pretty good idea, but you probably are more plugged in. So tell me if I'm wrong on this. I always when people are complaining about, you know, like I can't win at DFS golf or, you know, I won last year and I'm not winning this year. I always tell them that my theory is is that if you knew the number of people that play PGA DFS that uh, are profitable year over year, not for a single year, anybody can spike a GPP and be profitable for one year, but win consistently year over year and make, you know, we're not talking like winning a hundred bucks. We're talking like people that make enough money to live off of. I try to always tell people that listen to me, I want to tell me if I'm full of shit, that there's probably less than a hundred of those people that make, that win year over year at DFS golf that make enough money to live off of. Am I, am I, am I fucking crazy or is that a realistic number? 
it's, it's definitely a realistic number. It might even be less because the way I'll say it is people say like, maybe no way, like just look at the rotor grinders rankings, things like that. But you got to remember a lot of the guys that are owners, again, you will take it from golf. When you go to the roto tracker and pull it, they are profitable in that sport too. But I'm saying they're also, it's, it's a balance. Maybe they had a bad year in NBA. So this year PGA makes them up on everything or, or vice versa. So yeah, I think that's a very good number, probably like a hundred people that can do it full time. But again, remember what full time is like what I was what we were talking about at the top, like you, you have to literally be all in. And it doesn't mean you win if you put all that time in. I'm just saying you, you do a good job talking about when you're doing your contest selection on your shows, like the, the Wednesday stream, things like that. When you're bringing up about don't play that twenty dollar, because remember, there's somebody playing one hundred and fifty lineups that is up at night figuring out with their simulator how to bring. The, and I'm not even doing that. I'm just saying there is others that are there bringing it up like all the different outcomes and then finding that. And it doesn't mean you can't beat them. I encourage you try. And if you want to, even if you're playing, just you have the bankroll and you're playing a hundred dollar single entry or $33, it's okay to throw it in the $15 as a backup. But the reason you're pitching that to them is to play that one is because you have a way better chance. It's one V one with other people. As far as lineups are concerned, they're allowed to have in it and they, and it's less people overall. So your odds just get better naturally. So I love that. I love that you preach that. I think that's a key factor too. know your game and then apply it. Don't just try and do what everybody else is doing. You know, figure it out a little bit. Like when someone says, I got 60 bucks to play with or a hundred bucks to play with. Don't go play five twenty dollars unless you know what that means. Like you're going to have right. to deposit a bunch and keep adding that a lot of times. So it's, this, it's the same want- thing as going to seven 11 and buying five twenty dollar scratchers. Like you can go do that with your hundred bucks if you want to, but I don't think yeah. that is the most sustainable thing to do for the long term. As educated as you think this is, where it's like, but I get to pick these picks. The scratch tickets all luck and all that. It's not saying this is all luck. It's just like you're still only five up against many, many people with 150 in a tournament with people with 70,000 plus most weeks using like the random $20 fall. So definitely a, a something I think is good that you preach it. I think people should pay a lot more attention to it. Also, just like I said, learning your own game, figuring out what that is. Oh, Damn, Scotty just missed yeah. on eighteen. I yeah, he needed that chip to go in. I, I unless unless uh, Stalling somehow finds a bogey here on eighteen, I think my dude Gavin's gonna get second. Which I don't know, I haven't looked, but uh, I, I honestly I'm too scared to look. I just want him to I, win I the million. Got, I think at least uh, you know again, I'm not advocating for it. It sucks, but I'm saying I think I think he got in for like what cheap thirteen bucks. Thirteen bucks, all in, and he just turned it into. I think second place was a hundred thousand. So if he gets the hundred k, yeah, still and be I, with Pendrith finish, finishing strong, Tigala finishing strong, I think he pretty much had second locked out. I think he had everybody boxed out with uh with uh um Cantley and uh, Xander. He had Cantley, yeah. Xander, and Scheffler. So I mean, that's a good top three to have right now. Um, yeah, it's been the the balanced builds with those guys when you can find them under ten k and put them up again. That's been a, a right. bit of a crusher this season outside of certain events like RBC Canadian open certain ones like that when the fields are weaker, but these yeah. strong events, just everybody's so good now. Yep. And I, you know, these, yeah. And you can get, you know, if you did balance this week, you could get four or five like guys with real win equity this week. And yeah. so uh, that, you know, <laughs> and Scott Stallings, who's excuse me, Tiger Woods, Tiger Woods is who that is. <laughs> Scheffler. Oh my God. He just missed it. He just missed the par putt. My God. On 18, oh. three, I couldn't have been three feet. It couldn't have been three feet. Yeah. So, wow. so bad. Oh well, I don't. I, the good news is I don't think that uh, with Stallings, I guess Stall, whatever, it, whatever. It might not have mattered with the position yeah. anyway. With Stallings is that? Yeah, you, oh, I guess you have it up. Do you, you, you are you in it? I don't even. Yeah, that's okay. why I'm looking at it now. I think I don't think it mattered anyway, unless Stallings comes back to the pack. Now remember yeah. though, he does have double win part, points. So if he was within he's got ten, win, he's gonna lose that ten no matter. Oh my what. god, that was to lose the all under seventy bonus too. Fuck. Oh. That's another five points down the drip. God, so that's 15 points. You're giving points people a live sweat on the show here perfectly, Jesus. so that's good. Hey, but yeah, you that, fucking deal with a person deal. listening right now. My my homie winning a million bucks is more important than you having 30 seconds of dead pod. Okay, so, all right, you do, uh, I honestly, like, how how do you, like, how do you have a wife and a family and do everything you do? Because you do, like, legit three shows that I know of. Uh, I mean, you're doing the you're doing the run pure stuff. You're doing the show with Mayo. You're doing the fantasy golf degenerates, uh, and then you know I'm sure you like to have some time to make your lineups and actually you know try to make some money doing that every once in a while. Um, how the how, how how do you do all this and have a you know I don't have kids <laughs> and I I yeah. struggle to find time in the day. So I mean, like, can can you just like tell me the the secret to life because you seem to have it when it comes to time. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah, no, it's uh, definitely heavily organized. So I've got my my schedules, my calendars. I put everything. In my phone, I put everything on my phone on a calendar, uh, physical as well, just so it can be covered from both angles. But honestly, 
I praise her all the time, but I literally couldn't do it without, you got to have the right wife. Mm -hmm. That's really what it comes down to. And it, it, it really does because I heard, I also get people tell me all the time, like my wife would kill me if I did played this lineup or like for this amount of money or they win money. And they're like, now my wife said, congratulations, you did it. Now get out, like take the money and run. It's like that. There's still, so there's, if you didn't have, if you don't have the right support system, it's, it's why I compare, I don't know, it's like a topic for discussion, but like, a, you know, on the same token of it, it really does come down to the support system and the quote unquote team around you. I've got good people at all these content sites that I work at Mayo and guys like that, that I do business with where they support what I do as well. So they work around me from the scheduling perspective. And it, of course I understand what my obligation is too. You have to have a premium Wednesday show on Wednesday because that's when people need the information and I love doing it. So uh, that's the other, it's not really a job. I, I literally love what I do. So it's extremely passionate about it. Love helping others. Always been that way. I talked earlier about my career paths where I was a manager. I really wanted to teach people, coach, develop, learn. Like that, that was my favorite part. And what I love doing with DFS is I, I definitely love talking more about game theory and strategy than even the picks and the plays. Like that's just part of what goes into it. So there's that. And then that's why I was going to say, I, I definitely compare playing professional DFS to golf more than any other sport like it's literally almost like there's monday cues in golf to get into the big tournament that could change your life your your guy gavin played a 13 equivalent of a monday cue gets in mega million for 44 44 and now could walk away with a million still by the looks so we'll see but by the way I, I, I got the update for you for all of you listening in the future this is this is my dude gavin 13 dollars in this is all he needed he had uh scotty shuffler had three feet for par on 18 if he makes it he gets the all four rounds under uh, 70 bonus, which I believe is five points, five which would have put him to 537, which would put him seven and a half points back. Now all Stallings has to do is par 18, and then uh, Cantley either birdies it or Cantley wins in a playoff. My dude wins a million bucks. So he literally has then, no chance at the million bucks now that Stallings just put it on the green. There's unless Stallings was going to double bogey and fall down. Um, yeah, he's going to get also, second now. Would he still be? He probably would have been okay even if Cantley won because well, that would have that would have taken won, 10 off. Yeah, but Cantlay drops 10 either way. One of those guys had to drop 10 yeah, no well, matter okay. what. Yeah, but uh, so that would have got him. So right now he's down 12 and a half, right? Yeah, and so when, I, I, he yeah. needed that five. He needed that yeah, five. That five. That's and insane. then all, all he needs is Cantlay to win, and he wins the million bucks. But now he can't. Yeah. He's boxed out. Fuck! <laughs> that's, yeah. he did, I, mean, I, I forgot he was, I forgot he had Cantlay too, so he would have been bought yeah. by that. You're right. Yep. Yeah, my bad. Uh, I, that's what I'm saying. It was that close, so that's that's crazy. A three foot, but it, it goes like what I was just saying. Like that, that's still it sucks because it's nine hundred thousand dollars and that structure is shit. But that's why you want to qualify into it. So like you know, thirteen bucks to a hundred k is not a million. But how how many people are even having a chance to turn thirteen bucks into a million? Let alone turning thirteen into a hundred thousand. And now he can propel him. So you 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 probably get this people all the time. I've got this where it's like people are saying, oh. It's only because they're in for all this money. That's how they win. Like, where did they get said money? Like, we right. just talked. I was working jobs. I was doing both on the side. Like, you have to still grind and play. To you, you win 40k or whatever the number is. You play with that money, and you eventually win 100k. If you do, I'm just saying, putting the time in and getting that money in and out, you end up building up. Like, you don't just not too many people just start playing 100 grand out of their pocket. Right. I man, I'm I'm in shock. I can now. I, and whenever Scotty missed that, I didn't think that it was for all the marbles. I totally forgot about the all seventy. I. I didn't realize he had rallied. Fuck. That's, that's I, insane. I'm, I'm tactic. You know, he he's you know he's obviously doesn't do this like every single day like I do. So I you know I'm trying to walk him through the math that he's basically fucked, but he's still pretty pumped that he's going to get second place. So uh, you know he has a great attitude. He was never taking it too serious. So uh, congratulations, Gavin. I know you're going to fucking listen to this. So you're a fucking legend. Uh, appreciate you having my symbol up there. Good for the showdown hoedown brand, brother. Um, Okay, yeah. now I got to refocus and and do you, I, you don't give a shit about college football, right? You're just a straight NFL guy. Like Canadians don't yeah. give a shit about college. No, not as into it as others are for sure. I I just have never put the time into it. It's one of those things. To talk about that work life balance that you mentioned. Saturdays is when it's on, which makes perfect sense with NFL. But that's a day that you're usually doing stuff with my family, especially during NFL season when different things are going on, or you know, like I've got so much work and, and lineups and things like that that I'm doing where it's. I'm trying to at least spend a day with them or something. Usually it ends up being Saturday during so the NFL. Do the colleges in Canada even have football teams? Let me just go ahead and like talk about how ignorant I am now. Cause I have no idea. I've never yeah, heard the, of college football in Canada. The, the, well, it's cause they're universities in Canada. And, and that's what they would say. And yeah, they have university football teams, but honestly, man, like uh, people hate me for this, the fellow Canadians, I apologize, but like CFL also exists. The Canadian football league. There's even been draft. Kings, Asked, etc. Like go to the games when I was out west 
living there. You could go to the games and, and be live with them. I just, it's not even close. So I cannot get into it at all. They have different rules, all that. I get the rules. I understand. Right. Those. I can't get into the sport because it's the same sport, but not even close to the same level. That is the benefit of college football. At least you get the athletes that are moving on to the NFL that are mixed in. But even then, like people talk about it all the time, it's a different pace, different scoring, different situational stuff where when they get to the NFL, they say, this ain't the, the NCAA pal. It's the, you know, it's the NFL. Now you're in the big leagues, but it's still much more exciting. I watch college football over Canadian football league. And that's, you know, taken against my Canadian card here. People are probably going to be on me for that one, but I don't mind. Well, I don't want to, I don't want to show off or anything, but I can list a lot of facts about Canadian football league. Here's number one. They have 20 yard end zones. That's all I know. That's it. That's all the only thing I know about it. It's like a bigger ball. They only have three downs. It tries to promote more like scoring and right. more. It's almost like a, it if, a, if arena league and NFL had a baby, it would be like Canadian football league. Right? Yeah. It's not that exciting. I can tell yeah. you that much. Yeah. I mean, I know. I, yeah, whatever. Okay. So I, I, I just, I want, I want to get into college football. See, I live in shit ass Oklahoma. Could you, uh, here's a great question. Could you even find Oklahoma on a map? Yeah. You could look at you. Look at there's yeah, zero chance I, I can find your province. Where I, I think Canadians are a little better with the geography than like. For, could you find Alberta on a map? Multiple choice, definitely. I'm really good at geography, but the Canadian provinces have always just been like. I, well, I think there's 13 of them. <laughs> I like. I'm. Yeah, it, it's yeah. more of a mess in the sense of like I said. That's where it's yeah. di- versus. When we get taught in school, like we'll right. see the full map no matter what versus. And to an American, they all we, look like they're the same damn shape. They all look like rectangles to me. That, that exactly. doesn't, that doesn't you help know, shit. They just put and, them. And stri- you guys, like, you, you also have ones like te- like Texas is yeah. so obvious. California, New York, like Florida. It, it's just there's the ones. And then basically what we are taught and learn is like once you have your landmarks, you can easily find sort of the areas of everything else. Georgia's here, you know, down by this. And you can right. sort of is mix that, it. Is that, that how you know where Oklahoma was? Is because we're right next to Texas? Yes, that's how. Yeah, that's why I said I could find it so, on a map. See, I, you, you, know, you don't even know this, but I do. You know what keeps Texas from falling off into the ocean? I do not. Oklahoma sucks. Yeah, you see that? <laughs> thank you, thank you. Dad jokes. We'll be here all night. Actually, I can, I can relate to those. I appreciate uh, it. Uh, oh, Scott Stallings! Oh, he burned the edge. Fuck you, Scott Stallings. Maybe he'll <laughs> miss a three foot, a three inch comeback. Okay, uh, let's see. What else? You, you. What is something you want to talk about in golf or anything? I people, I you, without question, the most requested guest. So you know, I've been driving this conversation. Anything you want to talk about? Just want to drop some knowledge on the world because there will be a few people that will listen to this. Yeah, some people will listen for sure. I, I don't. I didn't like bring a, an agenda. Like I said earlier, I thought the playoffs was a good topic because I don't know the best fix for it, but I just know to your point, and I'm glad you sort of agreed with me that even. I was literally at the event last week and that playoff made it more exciting. And the fact that I was winning money, but like I'm saying in general, the one twenty-five, seventy-five to 30 with the, you know, the setup that they have, it just, I don't know. It, it just doesn't really do it for me. Like the, I, like I get, someone said it today and I don't get this either. Like we do all this track at this event because it's all about getting the East Lake and we can track exactly by the exact point and everything. How are we not able to get something like that? for DFS or for fantasy or for the cut sweat or anything where you're tracking who's on the cut line and who, you know, all that. Why don't we get that for that? Like we, we, we track it so hard because it's playoff week two, but we can't do it week to week when we're the only ones that are watching on a Friday. Right. Like we're literally the, the only ones. Do you think this is a two part question? Cause we're going to talk about DraftKings cause they're still, they appear at least in the golf world. They're definitely the biggest when it comes to DFS. Does DraftKings give a fuck about, DFS or are they just converting all over to the whole sports betting side and specifically do they care about PGA in your opinion because okay, I got so my I got my own good, takes on it good timing I mean could be right could be wrong I'm interested to hear your opinion too but like I, I definitely think sportsbook is always going to be number one it's just yeah. that it's such a big money maker and there's still a business that's where I think a lot of the stuff right now not to go three ways with this like the the NFT stuff the rainmakers stuff that's coming up. We're seeing all these threads, you know, you've already dated this pod, so we know what it is, but on Twitter about how, how value they are and all this. I'm just saying, I understand when they, I'm not siding with them either. Like people always think I'm so affiliated and they pay my bills and all. It's not the case folks. But what I would say is like, when they try and say they, they do, they're not responsible to make anything to do with betting, gambling, DFS, NFTs, anything. they're not responsible to make it so that you can make a professional living off it. It is an entertainment product at, at its core. And yes, that you know, if you want people to come along and put this kind of money into it, then you should 
make it a little bit possible for, for people to make money with it. But that's always been their thing. And I think with DFS, they've done a good job of it with the sports books. Obviously, they're just getting launched. So there's massive bonuses. There's ways that you can get in. There's boosts. There's different factors where they're taking action. But all these things like come with a cost. And we know from the stock, the marketing, all those things that they're still just putting money in to try and, you know, gain market share. And that's just been ongoing forever. So we'll see how that shakes out when it comes to DFS golf. I mean, I was just there last week and they had guys from their team that were on site talking about, you saw this last week. I think you mentioned it on your, your Saturday stream where they, I'm sure you saw this, but it was the 400 K with a fit with a 100 K and it was a 300 or sorry, a 200 K the 50 K. And I'm talking for the $20 and the 555 where they did 25% to first instead of the normal 33. Well, Love we were it. literally at the event telling them you need to do this every week. They did it last week when we were there. They were last week and go the other way. So it's like, and it didn't fill either week. So that just tells you the golf season's winding down. But I can tell you from talking to the guys there that set the pricing and set the structures and all that, we did have some really conversation around it. And I tried to sort of give them some thoughts on things that I like or would like to see. Uh, one example being, we can't week to week. So we can always qualify for this mega 4444. How someone like me, who's not going to play the three K every week, get into that. Like I said, you should make it like real golf, like make two or three qualifiers and make it like the Monday Q only, only two or three people are getting into the kiss way, but let me get, let me get a chance to qualify for it. And I would do that versus I'm not buying in for 3180. That's outside of what I would put in for one lineup on a week to week basis. So Little things like that, but I asked a lot of questions. Again, we're there for it, so maybe that's why they were there a little bit more caring. But what's your opinion on all that stuff? So, I first of all, I got to ask this because this drives me nuts. Today they were worried that maybe there would be an overlay. So the big contest today, they only did three hundred thousand dollars for the Sunday showdown as opposed to four hundred thousand. Okay, that's fine. I get it. They don't want to pay an overlay, but why can't they just make top price fifty thousand dollars instead of a hundred thousand and make the price structure so much more balanced? Who are they really going to lose? Because people are going to look at that term and say, "Well, I ain't playing the first place is is uh, fifty thousand instead of a hundred. Like that's not going to piss off that many people. And I think you would draw in way more people. I would I would put fifty lineups in it as opposed to three if you had a better payout structure that's always been my argument and we'll see if we can get them there on that because in my mind that is the case but they have the the numbers and the data and everything behind it and they say that that hundred thousand moves the needle so that's why they have to do it that way my opinion was also to your point there like 700k and they're we just talked about earlier their wife says or their husband if it's a, a woman that ship says you, you got to get your money out now we're done with them that, that like someone who just randomly ships that 100k is way more likely to just take it off the site than if you made it better for the people that are grinding it week to week that we win it like that's what my argument was for the the, the 3k i was mentioning is the three thousand one hundred eighty dollar buy-in they run every week it's like 134 people it's 100k to first or less sometimes but it's a very balanced structure it's an incredible booster tournament for someone wanting to keep their money in and play and like keep boosting their bankroll throughout the year. Like, you know, if you're playing professionally or higher level, it's a great tournament for that. I know why they don't give, you know, like why they wouldn't run satellites for it. But I said, would it really hurt you to run two or four satellite, run one of those megas every week, make it like $123, a hundred people, three people get a seat and move on. Whatever the math would be. I didn't do it on the spot, but my point is make it so that just three people can get in via satellite the other 131 spots are bought in like always. You're not hurting anyone or stepping on any of your big dog's toes where you could make that work and then give other people that want to do that a chance to get in and rake us on the queue. I'd rather pay the rake on the cheaper queue than I would to pay save up my 3180 to play it and do it that way outside of what my, my bankroll is when I want to play comfortably. I'll play more than that week overall, but not in one tournament like that, right? So I, I just think they are taking it a little bit to heart, but not fully and it's like you you said like why can't they just make it 50k well it's because they say their marketing is set up that it needs to be that number and then even today it didn't fill like 2,000 spots left yeah it's annoying I, I got excited for a second because I just saw they were still playing I thought Stallings had another hole left and I missed all but no he's done so fuck um and, it's yeah. a, it's officially over he's gonna lose by like oh that's <laughs> so heartbreaking uh, okay. let's see it's the final update because I think now yeah, the points move down, so he's gonna. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like eight points. Uh? Yeah, he just he can't get there because he would need Stallings to to bogey something, double bogey, and drop down some placement points. And uh, Stallings is off the course, so that can't happen. They both have Cantley and Xander. Now, as of right now, my look at it is even if he had got the five from Scheffler, he wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't gonna get there. 
Um, I was going to get there. So at least, yeah. I mean, that's something. I don't know that that's yeah. our sick <laughs> way of like validating things. Yeah. But uh, when you've had sweats, you know, up like this and final places at tournaments, it's always kind of the thing, right? Figuring out the math at the end of if this, then that, how do I yeah. get there? And the and worst is people will start doing that and they forget about things like if this guy bogeys, he'll drop. But like what they're not factoring in is like he's also going to drop two or three placement points also because uh, yeah. he's going to go from first to third or no second to third. And that drops you another two placement points. And they forget about all rounds under 70 or bogey free rounds. And like those little bonuses like that can really catapult you up at the end of a Sunday. Oh, yeah. Big time. Uh, all right, so uh, let we're, we're already fifty minutes in, Dambo. I I I swear I to God, time. I looked down. I, I thought it would be fifty. We can do a little run around. We can we can have five. We can have whatever you need. All right. I mean, you, now that I know that you live like on England's time zone, I I did not know there was a time zone east of the Eastern time zone that wasn't like the Atlantic Ocean. Like I, that makes no sense to me. Aren't and there's you, another right? half hour even beyond us here, right? On the East what, Coast is the get, Atlantic time zone. Help me out with the geography. If you were to just draw a line straight south of you, what's like a big American city you would run into? We'd run into the ocean, the Atlantic Ocean. But Oh, you're uh, that far we, out there. If we, if we drove west and then like sort of southwest 10 yeah. hours, I would drive in through Maine. Oh, you're that far out? Oh, my God. Yeah, what? so That's 10 to okay. 12 hour drive southwest you know, come across West first and then down here. I so was thinking be... you were like a few hours away from Toronto. Jesus. I need to. Okay. My, <laughs> my map is messed up. So you're way out there. You're, you're out there. We're yeah. like, it's like a, the it's moose, spot, the moose call the nice. show, right? Oh yeah. The, the moose, uh, you know, uh, you know, people said I was down in, uh, when I was there last week in Memphis, Tennessee, actually they, you know, uh, people were talking about coming to Nova Scotia and visiting there and they've been there and they said there was mo signs for moose everywhere, but we didn't see any. I'm like, trust me, it's probably a good thing. Like, especially if you were driving, because they're mean as fuck, right? Big time accidents. What's yeah, they're that? Mean, they're mean as fuck, aren't they? Well, they're just huge. Yeah. So if you right. run into it, like you ain't you you ain't doing much unless you got an 18 wheeler or whatever you guys call it. I, I call it 18 wheeler, but oh yeah, we tractor got, we, trailer. Yeah, we got some 18 wheelers down here. Oh yeah. Yeah, they're there just, you go. I was at a truck stop last night, around my truck, and people love them. <laughs> See, uh, I don't know what the exact uh, wording is for it. Someone had like a, a Twitter poll for this a few weeks ago, and they were like. Is a tractor trailer an eighteen wheeler or a Mack truck? And I was like, a, a Mack is a brand. I know that. Yeah, so I was exactly. like, you could call it that in a big Mack truck. But I'm saying like eighteen wheeler is pretty much the one I've always called it. What so do you call? What do you? The, what do you call Coke up there? Like a Coca Cola? Is that a soda? A pop? What do you guys call it up in your neck of the Coke. woods? Coke. Now, yeah, one's Coke, if I want to? Well, no, if, I if it's a brand, I'd say I'm drinking. I, well, I'd call it pop, not soda, but we would. You'd also call it by the brand. Like, I'll, I'll, okay. get, I'll get a Coke. But they'd say, what do you want for your pop? And we'd say, I'll get a Coke or a Sprite. See, here in Oklahoma, yeah. Here in Oklahoma, I'd say, hey, you want a Coke? And they'd be like, yeah. I'd be like, what kind? They'd say, Dr. Pepper. And I'd be like, there you go. See, that's, that's, that yeah, that's, Coke is synonymous with everything. Now, if yeah. you want a Coke, yeah, what kind? A Coke. There you go. So Even the brand. It's Coca-Cola is a brand. That's funny. Uh, so, uh, let's see. Um, I'm, I'm still, I'm, I'm wanting Cantley to win this now. Fucking loser. Um, all right. Who is your, who is a golfer? That like like me, if you don't know my brand, is I basically shit on Rory McIlroy and Patrick Rogers. I think they're fucking losers. Um, although I do play them, I played Rory last week and he missed the cut just to remind me he's a fucking loser. Um, yeah. What uh, what what what? Do you have any golfers? I mean, it's such a bad idea. I can't. I I get these guys in my Discord all the time saying I'm never gonna forgive him for doing this. I'm like, that's the worst strategy ever. Matter of fact, yeah. when a guy pisses me off, I'm twice as likely to play him again the next week because I know he'll fucking double fuck me if i fade him the next week do you have any guys like that that um that just seem to really do you well or really do you bad proportionally like disproportionately more than they should cam young and sam burns made me a lot of money this year yeah. so you know even sam burns last year so sam burns is probably my favorite he, he's the guy that's won me the most uh definitely like you know just in general but cam young made me a lot of money this year beyond just you know a show but it was like a couple other times he came through for me as well but Guys that I never get right or that I just, you know, say forget it. And I, I never do that completely because you can't just write a guy off. That's like you said, bad strategy. You got to be able to just, you know, short memory in this game. But, uh, you know, call him more Morikawa for sure. Just impossible to get right. Like if I don't play him, he wins a major when he's not supposed to. And when Wait, I do, what did he end like, up yeah. shooting today? Like 103? Last I saw, he like had a ten or something like that on uh, on that par five. He kept putting it in he's the drink. He's a prime example. He's a prime example. So last week wasn't playing him. Got him wrong. He he has a good week. This week, I still wasn't because I'm like, maybe that's fool's gold. Like, I'll, I'll let him come out and do it. Then I get excited by his Thursday round, pop him in for Friday. Don't get much. Get excited about him over the weekend. Nothing. And now today, what's he do? 
shoot a double where that's bad enough. And then the next hole, he drops a 10. I'm like, this guy, it's just another prime example. So it's, you know, very relevant at this time, but never get him right. Uh, Spieth, gave, I, he's a guy that I didn't play for the longest time. It worked out. But then, it, you know, when he started getting back on his run again, I definitely wasn't able to profit off of that because, um, you know, I just, I wasn't going to hop back on, be that guy. It's not that I didn't want to. I just don't believe, I like, I like to believe in it a little bit more. And with this year, we didn't talk about this, but like the year of the chalk, it's, it's, you know, certain weeks, there's been weeks to get there, but other weeks have been very cruel. So, um, you know, the chalk has been smashing. For, I've, for quite I, I, I've, I've made a promise with a couple guys in my Discord because they're getting so frustrated that the chalk's getting. And I'm like, you know, I think it's just when you always fade the chalk, you seem like it seems like the chalk always hits. So I have made a vow that we are going to find the three biggest chalk donkeys that we agree on as a community every week. And then we're going to take the, a logical pivot right next to them. We're going to track it for a year and see uh, if this is really happening. Because, you know, like so many of the chalk donkeys this week, people that I had, you know, what, what did Cam Young get? Like 19th place or something like that? That's that's not, that's not that fucking great. Trey Mullinax did great. I mean, he fucking spiked, but, you know, for that's every... That's like the worst, right? Yeah. When the cheapy jock oh, gets there, that's even worse. And they were... so it made everything else work for all the combos up top, yeah. so... That, that's really uh, disgusting. That's the that's right. the most disgusting when the sixty two hundred. It's like it's like when the $3,000 receiver... Who's it going to be this year at football? It's, um, it's going to be that fucking... Um, Golly, I, I'm trying to get over into football mode. There's a oh, I, I think uh, Wandell Wandell Robinson from the Giants. I think um, there's a lot of movement that he might end up starting week one for him, and he's going to be that auto play three thousand dollar receiver. And when he gets twenty eight yeah. points, I'm just going to like fall over crying because there's not a chance we, in hell I'm playing him. Not a chance in hell I'm playing that. Week one, I remember this was like two years ago, but they did the same thing where the price came extremely early. And I don't know if you remember this, but the guy that won the Millie Maker, and he's been around a lot more since then. I've seen him plenty, but his name is Chalk. <laughs> his username is Chuck, and, and he won I dig it. I dig week it. one. And it was like, you know, it was the mockiest week of the year. The chalk smashed. And in week one, you kind of got to remember that when the pricing's been out for this long, there's been this many beat reporters and people that are on it. But it is, to your point, really hard to get into football until golf rounds out. And even then, you kind of like wish you could get like a bit of a break, but it's it's not much. So is there a bigger uh, you know, edge? Uh, is there a bigger edge in NFL or golf or neither? That's a good question. I definitely think it would be golf for me, showdown golf specifically, but golf in general. Just don't because tell people about showdown. I've already made that mistake. Anyone Denny listening to this should know. Denny it, McCarthy but I, was eight percent owned today. What the fuck is happening? He comes off a great round yesterday. He's cheap and he's starting T ten, and only seven percent of people are playing him. What have I done to this community? Like that that guy would have been twenty five percent owned six months ago. I would bet my firstborn child on it, and he was seven percent today. Uh, it's a topic that came up last week as well. I was there with some of the, the guys that were in the final, and that was actually a point that got brought up. Is almost It's funny how you always have to adapt, and that's why you always have to be digging in, but a lot of the cheap guys that you would naturally fade in round two or round three, or especially in round four, you all you almost have to remember that it's almost going too far it is. the other way. It is. So what's happening is the like they're like, oh, Wendell Clark, the first-round leader, he's six under and went off today and his stats are all solid. It wasn't all just putter. Of course he putted well to be up there. And even if he drops from four strokes game putting, that yep. if he does do it again, but people are like, Nope, not playing him as first round leader. I'll get off more. Everyone will play him. But if everyone says that and he drops from what should have used to be 30% should have, or used to be 30% ownership, that might be like eight or 10. And you're like, Oh, literally nobody played him now. And that's the opposite of the spectrum. So Got, got to adapt and, and realize that when you're playing through. Yeah, and uh, one that I've really noticed because I push it really hard is like playing the leader on, on round four showdown. It used to be auto, auto 50% plus owned. And now that number has trickled down to like 40%. And if it really starts to get down to like 30%, at some point you got to say like it's going too far that I have the guy that's playing the best in the tournament with the most likely chance to win and I can have him at 30%, put him in all my lineups, and now I have real leverage on him. Yeah, um, that's exactly what's happening. You just so got to – you just gotta, yeah, you just these people just got to be smart enough to know like which way the wind's blowing, and then when it's time to counter back the other way. Um, yeah, but I, you know, whatever. Uh, it ain't gonna stop me from from calling people. Just, the edge dicks. is still there. It's like you said, but again, when you, if you're not paying attention to that, and you're just trying to get the exact picks from someone. That's what you always talk about, where you're like, "Oh, just give me the picks." If, if you're not yeah. gonna dig into the strategy, what the field's doing, what that looks like, and how you can put it together in an actual perspective, then from a, from that perspective, you're not gonna be able to come come out on top like that's why like you said you, you typically see a lot of the same guys 
at the top of the leaderboards in showdown, especially. Why was nobody on Patrick Cantley this week? When I was doing it and I was like looking, he was the first guy that jumped off the page to me. I was like, I'm playing Patrick Cantley this week, but he'll probably be too chalky. And then when I started doing ownership, I was like, he's going to be the lowest owned guy over 9,500. And he was. I think he was the lowest owned guy above 9,500. And he just fucking won this tournament. Why was it, What was the, the Cantley hate? Do you, do you have a perspective that I don't? Yeah, I think the biggest thing was the spot that he was in. He was 9,900. Last week's winner, Willie Z which wasn't the big ownership, but if you go up from him, you had to have people like Rory and Rom, so that was there. You go down, you had Finau and X mm. who have won multiple times recently, and then don't forget, this is the sneaky one that's not sneaky, everyone's favorite guy for some reason, Matt Fitzpatrick, another guy that was right there, and he always picks up some ownership too. So when you have that spread of ownership on top of the guys that definitely are going to get higher ownership, you do end up with guys that are just left out for whatever reason, and obviously... Like good enough to get the job done. I think that's the fifth back-to-back winner season that we've seen, right? Sam Burns, KH Lee, Roy McElroy, and one more. I forget who the one other. other. Dude, I the, the, those people that remember every person that won every event, it blows my mind. I don't get it. Like if you said right now, what was the fourth event this year? Where were I have no fucking idea. Probably in California yeah. or something like that. Amex, something like that. I couldn't tell you. I, I'm way more of a recent form, if you will. And this was a recent tweet that I saw like this morning. So I just try and try and sound smart, right? That's what you got to do. So you, you act right. like you know it, but I already forgot the fourth guy. So that failed miserably. Uh, I mean, dude, it's the, those, those people that know that stuff is incredible. Like I, like yeah. I, I hear, you know, like they, they can just say what, what, like every course, every tournament to the day, who won it, who finished top five. I'm like, what the fuck? How do you remember this stuff? I think that's better though. Like if this was a, if DraftKings was hosting like a game show. Yeah. For me, I don't think we need to know that. That's why, like, I, I football too. Everyone's like, I've been digging in for the last month, and I'm all about. It. I just talked about it. Work harder. We we talked about the mantra and all that. But like, there's only so much you can gain going into that. Like, all the stuff that's happening right now might not even be relevant when it comes to week one. And again, playing daily fantasy, it matters. What is everyone doing for the week that week? The chalk will change from today, from what people think it will be, to when we actually get there. Maybe not week one, but like every week, it's like that. On Monday, it's it starts like this. And it's that same thing we just talked about in showdown golf where everyone starts to think it's getting too chalky. So then what happens? They come down and it goes too far the other way. And now you end up with some good leverage spots in what were originally heavily owned chalky spots that you probably wanted to be off of. This I have to ask this before I go because this is like my new obsession right now. Do, are you a best ball guy at all? Do you do best ball at all? I don't. Golly. I probably should. I think they're, they're actually, you know, is an edge there, at least from the people I talked to. It's about, so like, new. There, there is an edge there. There definitely is. And another spot where people are t- are probably again probably all all probables here, but they're probably going too hard on certain scenarios that mm-hmm. again you, they're getting it wrong and likely too where you can just get different that way. But because I don't, I'm so focused on golf leading up, and again I wouldn't have success in that maybe if I move to this. It's sort of how I think of it in my head if I move too quickly or try and do too much. So I don't want to dig into that as much. Others do it and good for them, and they're more profitable, and, and I'm happy for them. That's. You know, that's where I have to get that work-life balance or the ability to, to do, you know, not take on too much because then you start leaking from other spots and that's where, you know, it could be a problem. So uh, I'm, I'm fine with the way my life is right now and set up. I feel pretty good about it and I'm in a good spot. So no, very, very happy with things just, as they I have, I've given up leagues with my friends for like the last 10 years, mainly because they're all slap dicks that want to play for 20 bucks. And like, I, yeah. you can't keep my focus for 20 bucks. So like I, and I really miss those drafts. You know, I miss the strategy of a good draft. And I feel like best ball can fill that void for me because I fucking miss it. And I can play, you know, high dollar. Well, you know, like for big money. Yeah. Too. You, I, yeah. If I do hundreds of lineups, it'll become big money. Um, and so I miss it and I'm pretty excited about it. And I'm uh, enjoying kind of studying the art of a draft again. So I just I just wanted somebody yeah. to talk best ball. Yeah. With. I guess I'll hit up. my I boy think it's John. incredible that you. I think you should do it uh, again. Like I said, for me, it's more of a balanced thing. Like I, you just have to stay on top of everything or you're going to let off somewhere. I love what I do. I love the current setup of it. I'm having success. In, in stuff that I'm doing. So I want to stick to that process and then add in things as I go along. Right. So yep. process, process, which is it? Oh, no, it's process. Okay. I mean, process makes you sound really smart, but uh, process, you got to remember, I'm down here in Oklahoma, man. It's it's the process. You got to trust <laughs> what about the process, brother. When you trust the process, are you trusting it with your data or your data? Oh, definitely data. Okay. See that data sounds like process and data sounds like a go hey, process. You know what? Here in Oklahoma, we're not noted for our consistencies. Okay. <laughs> we just fucking say that's what, that's how it is, Jim. Right. You don't uh, fucking worry about it. So I you, love it. I love this segue that you gave me here because you just talked about your work-life balance. Cause you are the busiest man in this industry. 
before we get out of here, you got to tell all the people. I, 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 there's can't be more than five people listening to this that don't already fucking know who you are and all the stuff you do. But for those five that don't, tell them about all the ways they can find you and all the things you do because you, sir, are the king of content in this industry. I'm trying to. I try try and do as much as I can. And I'm always open to it, too. Like, I, I try and fill in and hop on any shows that I can for people. Try and just, you know, get as much exposure as possible at the same time while hopefully having a good conversation like this. This was fun. Right? I'd love to do it again. But, yeah, Mayo Media Network run pure sports that's the two places that you can find me on mayo media network we've got the fantasy golf degenerates podcast with myself and another another legend my boy kenny kim so uh that's always a good one we do that every monday night i do the wednesday live show chat with mayo we'll have that for football as well so youtube mayo media network when you're you're on james's site following it you can go over there on YouTube and follow Mayo Media Network and then Run Pure Sports as well. We do free shows on there, different showdown nights. We do the nights that you don't always do, at least for the starting point. And then now we do the nights that you do as well. But there's room to catch multiple shows and get the information and then apply it. So uh, runpuresports.com. You can, you can use promo code NFL15 if you guys want to sign up over there. That's it, guys. That's episode six of the Degenerate 75, which, by the way, I just realized that fantasy, I've had that name for eight years, so don't think I stole it from the show with with uh, Tyler and Kenny. Um, I, 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 I had that, too. but uh, that's, that's why, why I, we get along so well, my yeah, friend. It's we, both degenerates. We, we have degenerate behavior. So, that's it. Uh, I, Tyler, thanks again for being on here. Uh, everybody, that was episode six, my favorite one so far. I promise you this guy will be back because I just, I got to tell you, he feels like my brother from another mother. Um, don't forget, uh, we are, I'm expanding into football this week, NFL and college. So you best be looking out for that. If you like the cut of my jib, come support the football content, but don't worry. Golf will always be number one in my heart. You mother fathers. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks for tuning in.